It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a lazy golden autumn morning. And I'm by the River Usk, which is gently dawdling its way from the mountains of the Brecon Beacons out into the flat lowlands of central Monmouthshire, here in South Wales. And welcome to another podcast. Wherever you are in the world, join me and the BBC Country Farm magazine team for adventures in the British countryside. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm the host of the podcast. And this is series 10, where we're looking at histories and mysteries in the countryside while also being very easily distracted by any wildlife we encounter along the way. And as I speak, fish are rising around me in the water and a little egret is fishing in the margins further up. And I think it's just caught something. Well, my name is Fergus Collins. So welcome to episode eight, where I'm delving into a very odd tale of sightings of large mysterious cats out in the countryside. From the beast of Bodmin to the Surrey Puma, Reports of strange felines still make the news on a regular basis. What are the chances of there being a population of large predatory panthers on the loose in the UK? Well, to look for answers, I headed to Gloucestershire to meet with naturalist James Fair, who has been writing about mystery big cats for many years. And we headed out on the trail of a local big beast known as the Cotswold Cat. So we're in the village of uh, Woodchester, uh, near Stroud in Gloucestershire. And we're walking from the sort of main part of South Woodchester into a valley that local people call, <laughs> imaginatively, the U-shaped valley. Some <laughs> people call it the V-shaped valley. Oh, we've always, Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've always called it the U-shaped valley. Ah. Uh, but it's better known as Boundary Court. And it's a national trust, small national trust property. Um, it's an old farm. And the reason we're going there is because... In the beginning of 2012, January 2012, a deer carcass was found by some local people uh, in the valley and it had clearly been mauled and eaten, nibbled at um, by various animals. And good people decided that... That's Ebony, I think. Ebony? Yeah, that's the oh, name of the dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Um, I saw that Ebony get the other one. Anyway, like friends. Nice to meet you, Ebony. <laughs> nice. <laughs> She's normally very friendly. Um, so, and people decided that this must be the work of a big cat. And the funny thing was, is that this story could have just got into the local paper and died a death. But the National Trust, in its wisdom, decided that, yes, it could have been a big cat. And they decided to um, get some tests done on it, so some DNA analysis by some experts at Warwick uh, University of Warwick. And the interesting thing was, this whole story just completely took off. And all the papers came and visited, uh, the Guardian and the Times and the Telegraph, and they were all here, Daily Mail. Um, and the story just became huge. We had a massive, uh, I say massive, it seemed big, um, meeting in the uh, local primary school. 100, 120 people. The, the, the hall, the school hall was full. I've never seen it so full. Um, and we had a big discussion about whether there were big cats roaming the countryside. But it was all very exciting. People, people were energised by it. And it was fun. It was fun for a bit. And then the uh, test results came back from the University of Warwick. And it was um, the only DNA they could find, apart from deer DNA, obviously, uh, was uh, fox and badger. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, so the, de- the story died a death. But still, I mean, I was do- so I did some research in advance this podcast, and I just sort of looked at, you know, um, most re- most recent stories on big cats uh, in the Stroud area, and you know, Stroud is not a big area. And, you know, it's not completely rural either. I mean, it's quite a... No, I've just driven through. It's, it's quite hilly here. Yeah. We've got very, we're right on the edge of the uh, Cotswold Escarpment, and you've got these very steep-sided valleys. And at the bottom of the valleys, and this has historically been true for many years, um, there is quite a lot of development, because this is where they had the mills um, that, 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 that took the wool to make, you know... From the Cotswold Hills. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a very, very wild area. We're walking down a lovely... It's beautiful. ...sort of wooded... Yeah, yeah. I think it's a green woodpecker. Green woodpecker. Lots of green woodpeckers here. Very good for green woodpeckers. I mean, just to give you a sense of the season, it's blackberries. Yes. There are elderberries, haws on the uh, hawthorn trees. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really autumnal. And there's a sense of... Fruit everywhere. I mean, me, and I mean, the, the weather yesterday was baking hot, wasn't it? It's yeah. just turned today, hasn't it? It's the first. Yeah. Really feels like the first day of autumn. But but there is at least I would say one story a month. Yeah. Probably one or two stories a month in local Stroud newspapers about sightings of big cats, and that's that's so you know that's just looking at 2021. Yeah. So we are going to be keeping our eyes peeled. Of course. Of course. Because you never know. You do never um, know. But isn't that extraordinary, though, that there are... I mean, uh, all across the country, there are big sighting, uh, big cat sightings every year. There are. There are big cat groups. There are... Yeah. And yet, the proof is very... Well, there's not a lot of proof. There's there not is. a lot of... There's, no one's ever really found a... I mean, a carcass I, or a... I think uh, I think this footprints. That's right. Footprints, carcasses. A good photo. DNA. Yeah. Decent photos. I mean, there are the odd one or two, but they, you know, they're easily explainable. But most sightings um, are of black cats. Yeah. Now that would be either, of course, they're always described as black panthers. Yeah. Now, a black panther isn't really a thing. It's either a black leopard, 
or a black jaguar. Almost certainly more like and more likely to be a black leopard. Yeah. Um, so panther is 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 a. It's not a. It's not an. It's not a. Official, you know, a yeah. classification or anything like that. It's not no. Panthera is the big cat genus. Right, okay. So, so panthera tight, so it's oh. tigers, lions, leopards, jaguars, oh, and snow leopards. Just coming out of the trees, so we've come through this dark so, tunnel of trees into this beautiful valley. Yeah, this is lovely. This is what we, this is Boundary Court, what we call the U-shaped valley. Some people call the V-shaped valley. Um, yeah, I think more W. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't. <laughs> no, that's true. This is an, it's, it's a sort of, it's a gentle, Yeah. it's a gentle V or U. I'll, I'll, I'll compromise. Um, it, it's lovely. It's a rough pasture with a worn path through it. It's good for... Um, so you get plenty of um, roe deer and munchak in here. I've been here at night. Mm. Plenty of badgers. Loads of badgers around here. Uh, loads of buzzards. Um, so um, there's lots of, lots of wildlife here. Um, it's we, an amphitheatre of trees around us. Yes, it is like an amphitheatre of trees. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, so, and, and they're all just a bit of, there's a tinge of gold on are these beech trees here it looks mostly beach here there's a lot of beach 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 and hazel yeah i'd say probably the two Gosh, commonest tree species no one else around very peaceful actually oh, that's good to i mean it's it's well used this as a you know dog you know yeah. local people so the national trust i don't know how long they've owned it but over the they're sort of slowly trying to sort of well rewild it call it what you want it's not really rewild they're just letting it go a little bit yeah. it's grazed by cattle they have belted welsh blacks which are beautiful animals don't think they're here today i can't see them uh, no I can't see any so they may have been moved no on fresh but pats on the path you will see there's a lot of so there's nothing very interesting lots of nettles and thistles thistles and, yeah. in fact when oh, there's some knapweed here which yeah knapweed yeah. yes the patch on the other side where where there are some orchids earlier in the year mm -hmm. Some places just have a feel of wildlife richness, and this is definitely one of them. It's sort of, it's sort of starting to become better for wildlife, I yeah. think. The slowly, the kind of the changes the National Trust is introducing, just the grazing regime and, and so on and so forth, is starting to make a difference. So anyway, it was around, it was around here, and I can't remember exactly where, but it was just off this path this that the carcass was found. Skipper there, is that a skipper? Just oh yes, yes, here. skipper, yeah. Don't know what type of skipper. No, I'm not regular with skippers. Come we'll see how many we'll see how many butterfly species we see today in sort of mid-September. Is that a raven? That could well be. That does look like. It looks quite big, doesn't it? I know yeah. size is really hard, but that feels big. Yeah. Feels kind of buzzard size to me. Yeah, that's. And you look and compared to those probably jackdaws. Jackdaws coming out. Yeah, that's a big sort of Lancaster bomber. And yeah, exactly. The big cats stories have been around for a long time they have they have because i remember things like the beast of bodmin and the yes. beast of exmoor the beast of bodmin was one of the first wasn't it yeah the, the sort, sort of captured the imagination yeah exactly exactly uh, and um badger poo doesn't look like dog i like don't a, think that's dog poo no i, I think like a good look at poo and we're on a walk today. <laughs> um, that's a dog walk. And, uh, oh look this is richard <laughs> hello rich yeah, all right. How are you? All right, really. Cats. What, living around here? Yeah. We're chatting about big cats. Uh, that was my dog, Betty. She was a lurcher. Ah. But ah. she's dead now, so she so won't find any. It was her, and we used to talk to her and say, you're letting everybody down. Yeah. But it was definitely her. The people were spotting your big lurcher. Yeah, thinking it was back lurcher. Over distance, panther, yeah. named, over there. Yeah. 
panther nailed on, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So we, yeah, we haven't yeah. owned up, we've never made that public, but... You think it was your black lurcher? Betty the, Betty the dog lurcher, Betty, yeah. Betty the dog was actually the big cat. That's a really good Well, we've, we've, we've solved, we've solved, solved it, it really we can go back down to the pub now. We always do it, was a, it was a family joke. Was, yeah. Every time it was spotted, it was Betty the dog. We'd go. Not you then. Not, so what, but what, not what's Doug. this little one then? This is Doug the dog. Doug the dog. Doug the dog, Doug. Doug, dog named Doug, yes. And what, um, what, uh, what is his sort of terrier he, He's what's known in the trade as a mongrel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's, we've been sold a pup, yeah. He's, but he's, uh, he's what is he? He's a bit Bedlington, a bit terrier, a bit cock spaniel. That's a really good mix. He's yeah. lovely. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Are going to get wet anyway? We're going to get wet. Yeah, yeah. Betty the dog was the black panther. So it's pouring with rain now, yeah. as it threatened to do. It's been very heavy, sort of overcast day so far. Um, and try and keep the water off the equipment. It's sort of quite nice. Um, Betty the dog then might well be <laughs> his chief suspect for the well for, for the Cotswolds. I've been cat. playing. I've been playing football with Richard for. Uh, best part of 10 years or more and he's never owned up you know he's never really? owned up to this before okay, this is a so big big moment big, big, in my life oh right that, that you know a i now know what who and what the big cat was but b that i know that richard was behind it yeah uh, yeah okay you know, because well, did his dog kill the well let's not go down there well, um that's very because i you're talking about sort of stories in local newspapers when i was uh, 14 or 15 living in Somerset there was a story of lots of sheep being killed locally by right. some creature so in I was half living in London and I was going to school in London and some of my school friends came down one weekend to hunt the big cat oh yeah and we went out on some lonely lanes <laughs> with some cans <laughs> and uh, as you do as a teenager but we did. Oh, you mean some cans? I've got cans, yeah, cans yeah, yeah. of uh, yeah, yeah, cans yeah. of nourishment, as yeah, it were. Yeah, cans of nourishment. Yeah. yeah, and we we did spot something running oh. across a field. Right. Long-limbed, fast, dark, yeah. and much bigger than it definitely was. You know, it was sort of yeah, substantial. Right. And very sort of predatory-looking. Right. So we all thought, my goodness, this is. I mean, we've been out all day, and yeah. we had had a couple of drinks. Yeah. And some magic mushrooms? <laughs> no. <laughs> for, the, for the record, no. <laughs> Should we just go up yeah, there? Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're getting quite wet now. Um, but, to pa the parallel with Bet the story about Betty the dog, I met a sort of neighbour a few weeks later who had these two enormous deer hounds. He right. says, oh, I go walking up there the whole time. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they catch rabbits for me yeah. and things like that. So... I'm putting it down to, and when I think about it, it could easily have been one of those long-limbed dogs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hear that a lot. You hear the, the idea that it they're actually dogs, and people say, oh, no, but it was moving like a cat. I, I'm not sure that people really... Well, I have a lurcher, and it, it is more cat-like than dog-like. Well, OK, and that's interesting. It pounces like a cat. Yeah. It, um, it runs like a cat sometimes. The, the, the other thing that, so I actually, this, this is connected and you'll see why. I did a story earlier this year about um, uh, the Tasmanian tiger, the thylacine. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, the animal, of course, is officially extinct, but there are dozens and dozens of sightings of it in Tasmania every year. Yeah. And these are faithfully recorded by an official body. And uh, an academic at the University of Tasmania did some research on it and looked at the sightings. Come around here. And he tried to sort of work out... Because um, that's quite a dog-like looking... Very dog-like looking animal. 
But yeah. the point is he tried to work out what is the likelihood if you take all these sightings and, and kind of give them a rating about how likely, how true, to, to be true they were, how likely is it if thylacine is still around? And he, he estimated that actually it may only have gone extinct in the last 20 years and so on. Really? Oh. But, but the point is that speaking to other people, they say the trouble with these sightings is that in particular people completely are, are very unable to judge distances so we we find it very hard when an animal is just set against a, a sea of green say a green field yeah um or in the sky is another notorious one yeah yeah buzzards, yeah, are, buzzards eagles. are eagles yeah um so we can't judge distances therefore if you can't judge the distance you can't judge the size yeah so it is entirely possible that a lot of the time we're thinking, wow, that animal's enormous. But that's because we don't know how far away it is. And therefore we're thinking, oh, it's bigger than it really is. Imagine, if you will, that what you're seeing is in fact, perhaps a larger than, than usual or expected black pussycat. Yeah. You can't judge the distance and you think, wow, that animal's enormous, when in fact it's just a black cat. Because you've done, I know you've written articles. In fact, when we used to work together on Wildlife Magazine, we did some pieces on black cats in the countryside because it is such a persistent story. Yes. But I can't remember. Have there been any sort of any evidence anywhere in Britain that something more than yeah, something unexplained? No, I don't think there's any there's any evidence for something unexplained. I think. you know, there, there are actually remarkably few carcasses. And where things are unexplained, it could be dogs. It's almost certainly dogs most of the time. Yeah. I mean, animals do just die as well. Um, but, but not, not with their throats ripped out, but that's dogs. No, but then, but then that's something post-mortem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... I... Oh, right, OK, yes, something's come along and had a go at it. Yeah, yeah, after. absolutely. So, you know, animals being killed by stray dogs... I mean, they're wolves, aren't they, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Unless it's, you know, tiny. But they're essentially still wolves. Mm. Um, should we just... Do you want to wait here Yeah, for a let's bit? go under this. We're just... We're, we're on a lovely forested track. But this is, is beautiful here, yes. And what is that flower over there? Is that... Is it a grimony? A grimony, yes. Is yeah, it a grimony? Yeah, you might be right, yeah. It's I'm one of those really sort of bad hemp, on this. Hemp, ag- hemp agrimony. Hemp agrimony. Yeah. How do you say it? Hemp agrimony? Yeah, I don't, right. I don't <laughs> know. We need a... We need a... I think that is what it is. Flower uh, pronunciator. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. The, the other really interesting thing, I always think, is that um, all these sightings of black cats. Black cats are astonishingly rare. Mm. I was try- actually trying to find um, the figures, and I couldn't this morning, find any figures for the percentage of, say, leopards that are melanistic, that are black. Yeah. Now, we do know that in... Um, Peninsula Malaysia, so in the, yeah. Mala- the peninsula part of Malaysia as opposed to the Borneo part of Malaysia, they are actually quite common, but it's the, or, or they are more common. Mm. But it's the only place in the world where they are relatively common. Everywhere else, black, the black form of the leopard is astonishingly rare. So why is it that they're all turning up here? Yeah. Now, there is a counter-argument to that, which is that we have them in zoos. Right? Mm. But we don't. I looked that up. There are astonishingly few. But what about that story of wealthy sort of rock stars? Yes, but that goes back to 1976. So this is people keeping, just for uh, people keeping big cats as pets, particularly as a sort of 
So the Dangerous Wild Animals Act was introduced in 1976, which essentially, as I, as I recall, required licensing. So before mm. that, you could just keep them. Yeah. And then in 1976, they said, no, nah, this is no good. Yeah. And it wasn't. Um, and so you have to have a, a license to keep your pet, you know, to keep a tiger or whatever. And the chances are you won't get a license for a tiger. And so the story goes that people just let them go. Really? Which wow. I, mean, I that, find totally credible. Yeah. I don't... But well, I've met people who would do that, definitely. Yeah, yeah we've met, sort of right. people, I'm sure, a long journalistic career. You meet yes, people who are exactly. without any sort of... And there's certainly pe- that definitely happened. But those animals clearly are not still surviving. No. And I don't... And I think the idea that they then bred and produced young and, and further generations that, that continue to this day is completely ludicrous yeah. and I think there's no evidence for that whatsoever so all you've got is the possible uh, no the yeah the possible whatever likely occasional release escape mm. of animals um, from private collections and zoos and I think it's also really interesting that when we know it happens and there was a case about three or four years ago of a lynx getting out in oh, mid Wales goodness yeah yeah, yeah. now it do you remember that what is the fury well the fury but what is interesting that was a lynx a small a medium-sized cat yeah yeah? well no bigger than a fox but sort of half a meter long okay sort of sheepish yeah sheepish yeah Yeah. but my point is that everybody knew about that it was a single lynx yeah so the idea that there are all these wild cats wandering around our countryside completely unhidden not giving themselves away no signs Mm. no carcasses no anything no road just kill. doesn't yeah. just doesn't add up to me that's interesting i mean maybe we should talk about lynx because that is an opportunity for big cats to be in the countryside people have talked a yeah. lot about it over recent years there's the, there's a, a lynx sort of reintroduction group i can't remember what there is there's well there's there's and there's a so there's a group called and i always get their name wrong so i apologize for this it's either lynx trust uk or lynx uk trust but they they have been looking to try and uh, get a formal sort of uh, reintroduction plan off, um, you know, going for four or five years. Um, In a different development, there is a consultation currently going on for a lynx reintroduction in Scotland, and that is at a consultation stage, so they're talking to, you know, proverbial stakeholders, local people, farmers, farmers, landowners, that sort of thing. Um, And that is... That is going about it in the right way. And what we also have to say at this point is the point here is that the lynx is native to this country right. and the leopard is not. Definitely not. <laughs> That's a really well, important thing. Unless you go thing. back to sort of... Well, um, yes, but, but we're talking sort of land or post-ice something like that, yeah. age, aren't yeah. we? Um, and that's really, really important. When was the, do you know when the last lynx? I think the was last in? lynx about 500 AD. Really, so Roman, at the end of the Roman. Post-Roman, yeah. 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 Um, it probably died out because of mainly because of loss of habitat. Even in those days. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Possibly loss of prey. Mm. Um, there would have been a lot of hunting of um, deer at that point. I mean, yeah. roe deer went extinct in this country because of hunting. Because of yeah, hunting, yeah, yeah. they had to be reintroduced. I mean, not many people know that. It's fascinating. I didn't know that until about you know, you know, the years I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. One of the things um, of deer, deer numbers have exploded because nobody. Yeah. Really well, relatively few people hunt them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the lynx, you know, it is a native animal. Um, there's no doubt that that in many parts. In snow, I'd say in some parts of the UK, it could survive and do perfectly well yeah. and would be rarely seen. 
would cause no trouble at all. It would, they would probably take occasional sheep, but I'm sure you could um, find a way to uh, compensate farmers and so on and so forth. Um, but overall, you've got to say it would be a benefit to UK, you know, biodiversity, mm. a, a welcome addition, and, and all that sort of thing. Well, that's that's. I mean, you know, personally, yes, I would love to yeah. see more biodiversity. But obviously, there are some people who'd be very fearful of introducing the predatory cat. So, I mean, okay, we have to also say at this point, a lynx poses no danger to humans. Um, it poses relatively little it poses no danger to most livestock certainly not um cattle um i think i think so studies studies in norway i have done some research on that and suggest they do take occasional sheep but actually numbers are very pretty low i think i think there are problems associated i think there are problems associated more with well what if what if okay let's say a lynx takes a sheep how how does the farmer go about getting compensation for that Mm. and also what if it's a dog that's taken a sheep? What happens then? You know, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it all becomes more likely. Yeah. It just becomes more a more complex thing, doesn't it? Mm. But so there has to be a compensation system, but it has to be absolutely. Yeah. I think we could wander on. Yeah. I think we've, we've sufficiently. So uh, I think I think the links thing is a is a it's a different thing, isn't it? It's a different yeah. argument. I absolutely would love to see links back, um, uh, and I think it will happen in the next. I mean, I think, you know, we're moving a little bit, you know, the beaver thing has, has become more accepted. You know, white-tailed eagles, Isle of, uh, Isle of Wight. Isle of Wight, yeah. Who would you have know, thought we'd have eagles on the Isle of Wight in our lifetime? Exactly. Uh, they've just released another 12, haven't they? Have they? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that? just um, literally this, last week. Yeah, I knew um, they were going to do another interview. I mean, Roy, Roy Dennis, yeah. yeah. Um, which is a... You know, so we, we are slowly becoming more accepting of the idea of bringing back these lost species yeah. um, as a society, I think. Um, so I, I do believe we will see, I don't know, next 10 years, links maybe. Um, Interesting, okay. Well, but I think uh, wolves is probably, I don't think that will happen in our lifetime. No. Um, that sort of, so you touched on the sense of things that we've lost and perhaps we've become out lost touch with the wild elements do you think that's why people want to see wild cats big cats in the countryside or why they i do, do you think i think wishful it's wishful sort of it's, it's wish fulfillment it's um you know that sense of mystery isn't it and i yeah. think it you know there's i i was talking to some friends at the uh, school gates this morning and i said oh, i'm doing this podcast you know and they went and then we were sort of joshing about it and they and their immediate first thing was kind of loch ness monster sasquatch type thing oh, right yeah and yeah. which i think is interesting because i and to a certain extent i do put them in that category so that idea of of, of you know it's 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 fantasy it's you know these are obviously well i say obviously sasquatch loch ness monster these are these are animals that literally don't exist yeah. And to a certain extent... Yeah, you're, you're, you're pouring cold water on a lot of people here. <laughs> this is a History is a Mystery series. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible sceptic. I mean, no, yeah. No, it's, I, it's important I, to... Talking about those... Just interested in that bird. I think it was a marsh tit. Possibly. It's very marsh tit countryside here. But I, I actually walked out without my binoculars, which oh, well, is an astonishingly stupid thing to do. Well, particularly when they could be looking at distant, <laughs> distant black cats. Yeah, but if it's that big, I won't need I, them. I think that's, some, that's a marsh tip. Nice you, one. You, I think it is. Yeah. Well, this is where we get a vista where if, if we were to see a beast. Yes, you'd see it over there, wouldn't you? Or coming yeah. down that hill. Yeah. 
too far away to be certain. Yeah, exactly. And the, the, the footage would be grainy and, uh, yeah. and inconclusive, which all the footage I've ever seen has been. It's just this kind of, yeah. you know, it's barely, could barely even, you know, could just be a sort of moving blur, you well, know. Uh, do you remember the Beast of Exmoor where they sent the Marines out <laughs> onto um, Exmoor with night sights back in the 80s or something like that, you know, when we were very young, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and did they find anything? Well, there was the same sort of grainy images yeah. on the night sites of sort of what could be a could be anything. I, I remember so. hearing, and I never managed to confirm this, and I sort of gave up after a while. But in the Forest of Dean, where they do their, um, they have they do night service for wild boar, yeah. and they also have um, camera traps out. And you, I heard various stories that they had found numerous. Uh, they've got numerous images of. Um, big cats on their on their cameras but had you know as people say suppressed the information oh right you know i like to see two magpies oh no there's oh, four, four magpies what's that four for a boy oh well okay <laughs> yeah that's obviously a whole family of foraging well, i like two two is always a good sign on a podcast um so oh okay so this is part of the uh, See, people do get quite conspiratorial about yeah, this sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, so there's a conspiracy theory that's being suppressed. That's and, right. Oh, it, and in fact, in fact, I will tell you this, and I'm not going to name any names. Um, when the, um, the results came back on the deer carcass that was found over there, yeah. um, it was found to be fox and badger. Um, I think it was mainly fox. I think it was a little bit badger found. Anyway, someone I know in the village did say, ooh, was that a... That might have been that's something mechanical to me. It's mechanical, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I was like, oh. gigantic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But someone did say to me, he said, it's very funny, you know, Jim. He said, he said it was very funny because we'd heard they 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 had found some um, cat DNA and then suddenly they hadn't, and I just think they're suppressing the information. Oh, yeah, uh, so much of this sort of suspicion of government. It, well, yes, people... and this is the University of Warwick, you know. What I mean, oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I just, you know, it's hard to know what to Suspicion say at that point, of authority. isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think. So there's not. I mean, we, we talked about Nessie, and uh, well, there's no Bigfoots in Big Feet, <laughs> no Bigfoots in um, <laughs> Bigfoot's Big Feet, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in Britain. But no, there are some other. So yeah, what other? What else we got? We got there's there's that Cornish sea serpent, isn't there? Oh, is that Cornish sea serpent? Yeah, more more gower, which is more gower. Brilliant. Um, Wasn't there some kind Gower of... Is um, big. I think more is sea, so big sea Wasn't creature. there some kind of unidentified Welsh chupacabra type thing? Oh, I don't know, I might be making this up. You know, goat sucking, what's that? There is... I, I did a Lake Monster podcast ages ago oh, yeah. in uh, Langorse Lake, which is quite small. Um, <laughs> and there's something called the Avank, oh, okay. which is this sort of creature that uh, you know toothed creature and i think the, the last verified so the last sighting taken seriously was from the, the, the 1980s oh okay but it's quite recent yeah yeah <laughs> uh but um it's and the, the guy sort of said it could also have been a very large pike <laughs> so uh which um i i remember um we took the kids years ago we were coming back from Harris and we took them to the Loch Ness Centre on Loch Ness Mm. on the way back. Uh, Yeah, 
it would gone from Stornoway maybe to Ullapool and we drove oh, back via Lognes. Through, through the Great Glen. Yeah, just, yeah. Just brushing by elderberries here. It's really such um, And I remember that, that there they, they basically said the Loch Ness monster could have been sturgeon. But really? Okay. Because they do have those sort of spiny back exactly. uh, and I fins. Think they would have been found there. Oh, there's a Really nice bunches of uh, wow, the know. Englishman's grape, as I tell people when I <laughs> used to make wine out of elderberries. Uh, too much hard work when you can get a bottle of something better for a fiver. <laughs> There's a um, great spotted woodpecker up ahead. Keep, keep. Oh, that's great spotted woodpecker. Yeah. So we've got two, two of the three woodpeckers. But if we get the third woodpecker today, that will be even that better be than a, seeing a black, a uh, black cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere here. There. there he is. Yeah, just. Oh yes, very distinctive flight. Yeah. So that was the sort of contact call of the great. So, so now these... we're coming out of the valley. We're coming back into the village. This year. we come back into North Woodchester. Ah. Um, the communist north is yeah yeah you're, you're, you're divided in two we are this divided is, two. we're going we're going to have to go through the uh, demilitarized zone in a minute <laughs> um and go back into the free south yeah have you have you had any import export problems <laughs> in the last huge six, six, terrible <laughs> we've left we've left woodchester we've left the the rural idyll of uh woodchester and come to the small town of nailsworth Nailsworth is a lovely Cotswold town. Very beautiful, um, we've just we've, driven through it. Yeah, it's, um, we've come to the George V playing fields, which we call the Wreck. Yeah. And uh, there's a nice playground there for kids. There's a small football pitch here. Yeah. There's a large football pitch there. We're surrounded by a lovely countryside, lots of yeah. trees and hillsides. Up there is Minchinhampton Common, which is a National Trust, terrific common for butterflies and skylarks and things like that. It's a beautiful thing. And um, the reason I brought you here is because um, a friend of mine, who I'm not going to name, just because she didn't, just didn't want to kind of, you know, anyway. But she um, exists. She's a real but she person. exists. She's yeah. a real person. Uh, she was here with her family. Um, and I started, you know, talking to her um, yesterday to, to, to remind myself of the incident. She was down here by the skate, the skate okay, park, skate as we park. call it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we and haven't done a skate park on the podcast before. So let's, <laughs> I'm, I'm We're breaking about the wild, with the wildlife and the... <laughs> Um, so she was down here with her kids and her mother-in-law um, about three years ago and I think they were just standing somewhere around here and they saw a cat over there, a large black so cat. we can see through cat. a gap in the trees. Yeah. Now there is a road down there but we can see through a gap in the trees to sort of what we've just been walking in, a wild yeah, meadow, quite a rough... Scrubby, scrub isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly the sort of place where you would as a kid love to roam around and find stuff but... Uh, so, I mean, I asked her for some sort of, you know, recollections of what happened. And she said it happened quickly. I glanced over at the hill. You can see that hill there. Yeah. So it would have been somewhere there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and saw what I believe was a big black cat and pointed it out to my mother-in-law. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about there being one locally. This is absolutely true, as we've already discussed. Yeah. Loads of stories about large black cats in the vicinity. Uh, it wasn't a brilliant... She took some pictures, which I have seen and to me are inconclusive but you Won't know she'd be happy to share those pictures with us do you think she says she doesn't have them anymore but she knows someone who does so i might right. be able to okay. find them okay. um i'm pretty sure some of the other skaters too um the whole thing must have only lasted about 15 seconds she says 
Um, she said it was a large black cat slinking along the hill. I'm not great at measuring distances, but maybe 50 metres away. Yeah, so the hill is, I would say, 150 metres away. I would agree. And it goes back to something I said earlier about um, people being finding it difficult to judge distances. I mean, 50 metres is to that hedge, we, isn't we, it? We could easily walk to that hedge and see... We more. could do, but then I think if you were standing by the hedge, you'd be less like... I think she was standing probably yeah. somewhere here, because if you were standing by the hedge, you wouldn't have seen it, would you? Yeah. I mean, we could approach the hedge, but I, I, I didn't ask her exactly where she was standing. But I think if you went to the hedge, you, the elevation of the hedge, you know, and would... There are, it depends on what time of year this was. That that's saw, very true. there are things growing there. Yeah. Old docks and thistles, yeah. where you could measure something yes. against. Yes, yeah. Uh, so this is the, and this was recently. This was three years ago. Three years ago. She um, we all saw it. It was so big. I immediately thought it was the black cat. I've grown up with cats, but this was different somehow. It had a large cat feel to it. Also, in terms of perspective, from where we were standing, it was too big to be a moggy. I always assumed that stories were hearsay until this sighting, but I am now absolutely convinced it was a, a large cat. All happened too quickly to be afraid. I asked her, if, you know, whether she'd ever sort of thought, oh, it'd be nice to see a cat and she'd heard stories and believe them. And she says, I remember a few years before this happened, parent at playgroup told me they'd seen one locally. I just quietly thought, what a load of nonsense, and believe that people see what they want to see. I'd never set out to look for it or really thought it'd be true. However bizarre it sounds, I'm now sure they are here. Wow. And I, I think okay. what's interesting about this and I, is that... You know, this is not someone who's somehow invested in this story. She just saw something and was like, wow, that's, that's so a large other cat. people, because other people were around at the time and they the, saw it too. Yeah, her mother-in-law and her two kids. And she said some of the skaters possibly. Yes, I don't know whether she spoke to them, but whether she just saw them looking or what. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's an interesting thing. Obviously, if more than one person sees something... And, and are impressed by it. Yeah. And then you sort of get a sort of sense of... But, it was something. But there is, when I did that thylacine story, the Tasmanian tiger story, there is also that idea, spe speaking to um, someone who's done a lot of kind of research into thylacine sightings and so on, not the academic who did the report. He says there's this idea that if one person says, oh, look, it's a thylacine, everyone goes, oh, yeah, it is a thylacine. Yeah. Whereas if someone went, and it's much more likely to be a feral dog or something like that, oh, look, it's a feral dog, they're oh, more likely to go, it's a feral dog. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's obvious. But, um, and I, I, you know, so it's interesting because I bring all this, you know, as people have probably heard a lot of scepticism to the idea. Just a bit. <laughs> Is it that yeah. bad? Yeah. You know, to this idea of, of big cats in, yeah. in our countryside. And then, you know, when I hear um, my friend's story, I kind of go, you know, I have to, you know, and it's interesting. We would, it's a very think, honest sighting. It's a very honest sighting, and I give it more credibility because she's a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, and I trust her. It's, yeah, and that's what keeps these things going. Yeah. Is when you get a, a really a bona fide witness. Yeah. Hasn't made it up. Doesn't yes. Have, as you say, it's not invested in, you know, hasn't made any money out of it, doesn't want any publicity. Oh, the fact it, that she doesn't yeah. want to be named, but, you know, I trust that she exists. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't made it up, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But that was the testimony of someone who believes they saw something. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely. And I'm sure a lot of them... Uh, do you know what? I, I'm not saying that people are making... I'm sure some people make up stories. But um, I'm not saying that most of the sightings, and I, as I said, I went through the ones just this year, and they were, you know, I could find five or six without even trying. Um, um, I'm not saying these people have made them up. I'm just saying that in almost all the cases, they are probably mistaken. Yeah. I don't know when, in, this, in this case. You know, obviously I don't I keep know what she saw. something to appear. It's, it's like a little bit of... Framed by two large trees. Yes. This, this tree is familiar, isn't it? Is it a tulip tree? Yeah, I don't, it's not a native tree, is it? Or I saw. But yeah, there's some odd trees here. But it's fra framing this scrubby hill. And, um, it's not a tulip tree, is it? What is it? It's got huge oval leaves and oh. and a sort of quite a lot of several trunks. It's a, it's a walnut. It's a walnut, that's what it is. It is a walnut. Yeah, yeah. So it is a native tree. Yeah, suddenly, it's, it's suddenly walnut, I don't know that walnut is a native tree. Oh, I think you'll find it's oh, continental. Right. I like sycamore. It's Yeah, these are two walnut trees. They, they are. don't have any fruit. Some no. years they don't. Because uh, these animals, if they, if, you know, a leopard, let's say it's a leopard. Yeah. And it needs a big territory. Huge. Yeah. Around here, it would be abs have to be absolutely vast. Like, so the Cotswolds would you know, potentially have like 10, 15 individuals if it was an African, you know, if we transported to Africa where leopards are sort of most numerous. And, and, you know, so density is entirely dependent on prey and different parts of um, Africa will have different densities of leopards depending on yeah. how good the prey is. So in, in parts of, I think, like places like, I don't know, Ngorongoro Crater, Serengeti, uh, you will have high densities of prey and therefore high densities of leopards. In places like Namibia, where you still get these animals, the density be much, much lower. Much to eat. Yeah. Because, because there's far, you know, because it's a more desert environment, not a savanna, and so you'll have um, f much less prey. Um, Should we walk up to yeah, where let's we get walk a, a view over this hill and, you know... I mean, so what, a million you, to one shot what I think see. what I think you have to realise about around here is that if you take uh, I don't know the area around Stroud, whatever you know square kilometreage that is, what you've got to realise is that only the parts that are woodland are effective habitat. Yeah, everything else is everything farm. else is redundant. I mean, you might have deer feeding out here on there, but they have to have woodland. Yeah, you yeah. you in order to they need it to to you know to be during the day, um, you know, just as cover, and because they just would not exist if yeah. you didn't have good woodland. Roe deer and muntjac, yeah, which is what we've got around here. Yeah, and if you don't have deer, there is absolutely no way that a population of leopards is surviving on rabbits. Yeah, well, pheasants. I don't mm. know what. Yeah, chickens, chickens and sheep. But uh, then sheep, we're not, we're but not... then, but there are no, there are no, no stories sheep. of sheep carcasses being sort of yeah, turned up. We can get through up here. Yeah, let's look, doesn't let's... it? I've never been here before. Well, I'm not, uh, I've let's... come to this wreck a hundred times. Let's go, let's, <laughs> let's go into Black Cat territory. There's lots of burrows here or something, or badger set. I don't know. It's highly yeah. possible there's a badger set. Actually, I think. It looks like a sort of. That's that's a oh. hawthorn, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely festooned. Yeah, yeah. In hall berries. Yeah. It really is. Do you that. say hall berries or just hall? Yeah. H A W S. Yeah. Um, 
uh, one. This one seems to have a sort of... Oh yeah, that's an elderberry, totally stripped, this yeah. elderberry. Oh so yeah, it is, isn't it? Right at the end of elderberry season. It's funny, because they... Elderberries, when they're ripe, they dangle down. Like the ones we saw yes. before. Where are those? They've been stripped before they've had a chance to dangle down. Yes. So now we're yeah. in a sort of flat sort of pasture. And like maize, cornfield. Maize field. Cornfield, yeah. yeah. Maize field, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got just this little patch of wildcat scrub. I, 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 this is, this feel, feels like it's sort of managed in some oh, way, totally, doesn't it? Totally. This I is, mean, this definitely. There's another bit of the, your wreck here. Yeah, I wonder what it's used for if it's not... Sort of dog walkers. Dog walkers, yeah. So uh, we should talk about the, the cats that do exist in Britain before we end the wildcat, which right, sure yeah, the wildcat, yeah. Um, I'm sure you've written about. I'm sure I have, yeah. Um, <laughs> you've written so many. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure you have. <laughs> probably, yeah. So, so, well, so, I've never, well, never, I've never seen. Obviously, no, never I've never seen, seen one. one in the wild. Really hard to see. Yeah, almost impossible. And there's a lot of conjecture of just how many pure wildcats are left. Absolutely. But they they are... Oh, I know there are some plans to reintroduce them around the There are. There is, there's talk of reintroducing them to sort of... Um, Derek, so Derek Gow is very keen to try and bring them back to sort of Devon, yeah. sort of Dartmoor, um, Exmoor kind of area, I think. There's sort of various talk around that. Um, I think Forest Dean has been mentioned. Um... And, and that would be amazing because, of course, we call it the Scottish wildcat. It's nothing, you know, it shouldn't be a Scottish wildcat. It should be, you know, a wildcat um, and should be, should be all over this country, at least where there are woodlands. And I think, you know, you, know, you could have... Where, where is lynx? Mm, not sure about lynx around here in terms of, you know, prey base and, you know, the sort of available habitat, all the roads. You could have wildcats here. I don't think there's any problem with that. But there's no chance that these sightings could be... It's called... Is it Felix Silvestris? Felis. Felis, Felis Silvestris. Felix. Yeah, that's right. Which is... So uh, Silvestris means woodland. Absolutely. Woodland cat. Woodland yeah, cat. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's... Um, but it's not a. It's not big. It's, it's well, it's 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 larger than your average domestic cat. I mean, I think they're sort of the size of a fox. They're decent-sized right, okay. animals. Yeah. But the reason why no one's confusing them with that is because they always describe them as black. Yeah. They're never tortoiseshell animals. Yeah, they're yeah? quite brindly tortoiseshell. Yeah, they're, they're, they? yeah. They're, they're, they're. Imagine a yeah tortoiseshell. They have those very sort of thick tails, and I think one of the things they have a, a black tip. I think is. Is that essential and sort of diagnostic? I forget now. Yeah, there's a few things. That um, oh, look, look what... It's a, oh. black, a black dog romping <laughs> over the grass. Um, I'm sure people could see a black dog like that and think... If there's lots... If there's a little bit of... Hysteria is a strong word, but if there's a lot of sort of yeah. talk about black cats and then you saw a black dog like that... From, I mean, from a distance with poor eyesight. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe um, you're not. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. There's yeah, no, maybe no. from further away, possibly. Yeah. I don't think there's anything remotely cat-like about that dog. No, no. But no. you were saying earlier that the lurcher does have lurcher a slightly more cat-like feel. Definitely to it. the sort of longer limbs yeah. and the the kind of very extended body as it runs. Yes, yes, and I can see that. Um, I think line. probably. I mean, we're we're looking at that animal from what twenty yards away yeah. now. I think it would if it were over in the corner of that field there. 
and I think some of these sightings are that far away. That's what, 400 yeah. metres away, yeah? Yeah, at least, yeah. Then I don't think you'd have a hope in hell of telling no, what it, it would was. Just be a, it a, would just be a black animal moving. And it, with shadow and all sorts of things. It exactly. Could be, it could be yeah. expand its size. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, amazing, the woodland down this valley. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It does look sort of cloud forest. Yes, it does a bit in this... Um, in this sort of hazy light. Yeah. With, this, with this rain and everything, doesn't it? It is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, it's a lovely, lovely area, this, and there's lovely woodland up there. You know, it's, it's a lot of different stuff going on here. You know, there's it's mm. kind of, sort of mosaic, there's scrub, there's woodland. I mean, there's maize fields, yeah. so that's nothing, really. It's like something's been roaming in this maize field, though, doesn't well, it? I think it just hasn't been sown properly. Right, OK. Don't you? Yeah. yeah or has someone done a crop circle? <laughs> <laughs> or whether it's deer roaming in, but no, there's Ooh, no sort of crop. Oh yeah, 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 just drifting over. Yeah, not enjoying not, not, the rain. Not I good imagine. weather for buzzards. No, of. it isn't. Is it it, isn't it looks like it's just heading for cover in the woods. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of this. Yeah, this is a rubbish day. I think, in a way, we. I feel the same that uh, rain is closing in on us. It and, is. Uh, it is. A muggy yeah. day, isn't it? My goodness, yeah. it's like no air. Um, so we sort of leave it there with that sort of tantalising sighting. Yeah. Witness description that you. Yes. That sort of leaves it open. It does, it does. And, and I'm happy to leave it open. Yeah. Yes. But, but my general thing is most sightings, you know, 99 out of 100 sightings are something else. There might be the occasional one because someone somewhere has had one of these animals illegally and it's got out or, yeah. or they'd let it loose deliberately. I, I don't doubt that that happens. Without we haven't seen any black cats. No but black we didn't cats. One black dog. One black dog. Oh, and, and um, uh, oh, and we, and we did Doug. Doug, Doug the dog. Doug the dog. Doug the dog, who was blackish. And and Betty, who. Well, we didn't see uh, Betty, no, did we? Who's no more. But yeah, but but, but we well. we have actually we uh, cracked the problem. Yeah. We know what it is. We and didn't expect that actually. What's that? We didn't expect to actually <laughs> solve the Cotswold <laughs> cat mystery. It's brilliant. It's another case solved. Well, I think it would be good if anyone has ever seen a black cat, uh, a big black cat, and would like to tell their story on the podcast, or just send us an email. They should get in touch, get yeah. Get in touch. Uh, editor at countryfile.com is my email address. Just send a story, photos, whatever. We'd love to hear them, because it would be great to prove James wrong, obviously. I, I would like to be proved wrong. Yeah. I mean, actually, I really genuinely would. Because um, we could do a lot on this. I think there's, it's part of a deep myth about yeah. the countryside. You know, the, the, we haven't even talked about the bl black dog myths of some Middle Ages. Right, yeah. In more yeah. recent times, black shuck in East Anglia and you know, black the, shuck. the wild hunt and Dartmoor. All these things. Sort of Hand of the Baskervilles. Hand of the Baskervilles, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll pop down there and uh, <laughs> see if we can see <laughs> that one. <laughs> No, I, th I mean, there's a, I think it's a great yearning to want to believe in these things. And I, I get that. I, Wanting you know, I really something do. deeper, a, yeah. deep, a deeper story in our countryside. So sadly, we didn't see any mystery big cats in the countryside, but we had a really fun time wandering around and exploring and just chatting about the whole idea of mystery beasts roaming the wilds. And talking of mystery beasts roaming the wilds, <laughs> I'm joined in the podcast studio by the very real and wonderful Jack and Hannah, who I know you both had a listen to that adventure with James. Um, I mean, where to start? It's a kind of odd one, isn't it? The whole 
people seeing things. What did you think? Have you? I mean, are you? Do, are you believer? Do you think there's some truth in some of these stories? Well, after listening, I thought I would have a look at some of these like grainy and um, indecipherable images, and they're, they're just cats. They're just cats. Just cats. Just big pictures of cats. Close-up pictures of cats. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and that's. I mean, that seems to be kind of what James was saying is that yeah. at a distance you lose sort of track of how big these things are. I was sort of quite taken with his first-hand account that he read out of a friend. I think that was quite interesting. Yes. Did you get any, did you get the pictures? No, uh, not yet, not yet, mm. which is always... Suspicious. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> the thing. There's always a sort of, there's always a gap just when you want the hard evidence. I, I have no doubt they exist. It just, you know, why, why, why wouldn't you keep hold of them? Anyway, he, he's obviously very sceptical. You could hear all the way through. And um, I suppose anyone coming on the podcast who thought, great, we're going to go and find some big cats. There was a bit of a reveal early on with, with um, <laughs> the dog walker, Richard the dog walker. Now, if, if, we, if, if I'd been a really great uh, podcast creator i would have put that at the end <laughs> but we do things we, we tell the story truthfully and it happened yeah we yes truth over beauty and um i mean jack i'm sure jack's such a cunning clever producer you could have easily sneaked that at the end <laughs> but we didn't do that and that, that's what we do we do tell honest stories with our podcasts and everything we record is genuine that we find along the way lots of chance encounters and sometimes we don't see what we set out to find. So, so you, you both, you've not seen any mystery big beasts. Have you seen any mystery little beasts or anything wild and wonderful out in the countryside of late? I can say from when I was listening to it, I, it, it kind of came to me a bit, but that it seems very much that people see things when one of your senses are slightly obscured or doesn't help you. So with the things being far away, your sight, your vision of that animal is slightly impacted so that's why you could see something and it reminded me i know last week uh, i spoke about the hedgehogs but i think they kind of they're on like a similar playing field it, when it's dark when obviously normally when they come out they're really quite loud for how small they are and the noise they make i think if you didn't know they made that noise and you hadn't really experienced that before when you're walking in the dark and you just hear that sort of very loud snuffling. <laughs> yeah, so no, you, paused, you paused there and you were going to do it. I was thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to hear it. About it. This is a pure audio experience. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like... <laughs> oh, that, that, that is it. That is absolutely it. Yeah, nice. But very breathy. Mm. And it's I like think... the hedgehog was in the room. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> in the dark, when you can't see it, and obviously you don't notice such a small thing by the side of you, that noise suddenly seems like it's coming from something a lot bigger. And I think if you're in the dark wooded area and you suddenly hear this snuffling, suddenly your imagination can go wild and suddenly there is a massive grizzly bear in, a, in the woods. <laughs> There's a lot of truth. I think you know, sometimes I, I'm walking through a, a woodland and it's very still and suddenly there's this rustling and tumbling of leaves and things. It's just a blackbird foraging, but it's got this sort of stealthy, almost like something... I'm making, I'm making these moves of, of paws walking through leaf litter, but that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm imagining. Um, yeah, there's a, I, I think, yeah, what, what do you say when your senses, when one of your senses is a bit dulled? I suppose you're just overcompensating, aren't you? 
your imagination just runs riot. You're filling in the gaps of what you can't experience and you try and explain something that's maybe not explainable. And there's also lots of studies into our sort of primeval bits of the brain, which is so a fear of spiders, for example. I've just written a piece, uh, an article on spiders. Really interesting. And I'm, 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 I do have a slight fear of them. Really big, hairy spiders that appear out of nowhere in the house and hunt you down. But it, it, that fear is, is very, very common, arachnophobia. But actually, it's been traced to when spiders really were a threat to us and perhaps you know, we lived in... We, we huddled in caves out of harm's way and then out of the corner, out of a crack would come a deadly spider. You know, we have these things. So maybe when we see cats, little cats, little family cats out in the countryside, we, we sort of imagine from our... I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm riffing here, but it's, um, it could be that some, it stimulates some sort of primordial memory and we, we, those cats grow in our minds and then we tell our friends, oh my goodness, I've seen a huge cat. But then if you listen to James for any length of time, he does pour absolutely so much cold water on the idea that um, uh, I'm never taking him to Loch Ness or anywhere else excitingly. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, tread softly, James, as you tread on our dreams. But any any other exciting adventures? This, this, Hannah, you're always up to something. Only walks. Only walks recently. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Big walks. Yeah. Because there are quite a lot of touristy areas around Gower where I am at the moment. It doesn't take much for you to sort of, you can park at the big car park and then within sort of five minutes find yourself completely alone. So I've been doing quite a lot of that. And you've been out recording some lovely, I know you've been out recording some lovely sounds of the seashore for our sound escapes. Yes, lots of watery sounds. So don't need the, don't listen to them if you need a wee because it's going to be awful. And those go out on Fridays, so we've got a few stored up. That's the magical thing. We were sort of thinking after the birds stopped singing, we might run out of great ideas for audio for our sound escapes, which for those who haven't heard them are five to ten minutes of just gentle sounds, meditative, mindful sounds of nature without us waffling all the way through it. So it's just a kind of moment to take some time and oh, audio postcards audio postcards well I, I well you you present them you should be talking about them. i do with my lovely voice there we go oh jack's <laughs> fallen asleep he's got a big smile on his face <laughs> um, so those so you've been up recording those and jack you've been chained to the various sort of microphones headphones and mixer desk decks to, oh, i don't know <laughs> laptops Desktops. The tape machine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yogurt pots on strings. And you've got the whole the whole so you have you have you managed apart from your hedgehog adventures? Have you... I took a trip the other weekend down to London for a couple of days, which is nice, but obviously it's different. It's not as green as where I am and you kind of experience things differently. The nature's completely different. But it was nice to come back from that and we popped down there, we've got the an Arboretum by us. And we went for a walk there, uh, one at a sort of lunchtime afternoon. And it was nice going there. It was a very quiet day. It was weird to go from such a contrast of the hustle and bustle, even though it's quieter than usual in London, to sort of sat in a woodland, robins chirping around you, and that's sort of all you can hear. That's the loudest thing. There's nothing drowning that out. It was it was unusual and odd, but also really nice and calming and reassuring. Now, the exciting thing is we are all actually going to meet and make a podcast together 
for the first time since uh, twen- early 2020. So this is, I mean, I have, Jack and I have met up for one brief adventure, but this is our, we're going to, where, where, where are we going? We're going to the, the Mulvan, we're going to the Mulvan show. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah, it's, you know, with everything there, livestock. Giant vegetables. Yes. The vegetables are the most important thing for us, I think. <laughs> yeah, the vegetable judging competitions and all the fun of a agricultural fair. So really excited and really looking forward to seeing you both in kind of real life for once and having a proper podcast chat. So that's something to look forward to. Let's hope for decent weather. Otherwise, you'll hear a lot of rain splashing about and wails of misery from the three of us. No. We love the rain. So we're really looking forward to that and it's going to be a great adventure. And our series of histories and mysteries continues for many weeks yet. We've got loads more great things in store and we've all been out recording. And of course, as I mentioned, we've got Hannah's lovely sound escapes every Friday for a bit of gentle relaxation. Also, please, please do send your thoughts and your reviews, whatever podcast provider you use. And you can email me, Fergus Collins. My email address is editor at countryfile.com. Always happy to hear your suggestions. If you're inspired by Hannah's Sound Escapes, do record anything you'd like and send it to us. We love to hear little sound postcards of yours from around the countryside. But for now, from us three in the podcast studio, thanks so much for listening. Look out for big cats wherever you go. Let us know if you come across any. Send us photos. We'd love to hear more. But until next time, it's goodbye.